Welcome to the morning community of Northridge Vineyard. Our deepest desire is that you will encounter Jesus as you listen in to our morning gathering. If you'd like to find out more about us, check out our website, northridge.org.au forward slash mornings. Um, I want to thank on your behalf the people who are in this room serving us this morning because they have come and it means that other parts of their family are not with them and they're not worshipping together in their home this morning as you are. So I just want to say a special thank you to the people who are in this room for serving us collectively this morning and as you have over these months in a really unique, unexpected way, but we're very grateful, very grateful. I also thought to say just as we start, that if you haven't already collected something for communion, some juice and some bread, now might be a time that you want to quickly run and do that because at the end of speaking, um, we'll be sharing communion together. I had this thought as we were worshipping, oh, just, um, just how precious it, it really is to remember Jesus. I wanted to say to you, even though we haven't seen each other face to face, many of us, for a while now, I have this image of the priests as they went in to worship God, that they had the 12 stones, gems on a, on a garment of clothing that they wore, an ephod. And the idea was that they would remember the 12 tribes, the people, as they went in and entered with God into a time of worshipping with him. And I wanted to say to you this morning that Phil and I and Bonnie and Rob and Chris and Jan and Andrew and Sarah, they remember you and we pray for you. And it's something that God does. He places people upon our hearts. And more importantly, that's an image of God for you, that Jesus Christ is the priest. And to say to you again that you are remembered, that you're not forgotten, that you're never alone, that Jesus Christ is with you, he is with us, and we will get through this time. And in it, there is something that God is doing in us, isn't there? He's forming in us this sense of who we are in him, and he's teaching us new ways to worship and to praise him, to uphold his name in our home, in our hearts, in our community, with the people we meet. So that's what we're looking at today. We're looking at who are we as co-heirs with Christ. And I want to begin by reading from Romans 8. The focus verse will be 17. And it says this, Now, if we are children, then we are heirs heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ, if indeed we share in his sufferings, in order that we may also share in his glory. I wanted to remind us, as we look at this verse that's written by Paul, of the overarching message that Romans is, that Paul brings to us there. And really it's this kind of heart's desire and yearning that he was given to say to Christians, you know, this is, this is a way of living in the spirit that I want to remind you of. It's clear as we come into this Romans 8 about living in the spirit and what does that mean and being co-heirs with Christ, that people had kind of lost their way a little bit and become a little bit disorientated and their attitude had shifted. And Paul was trying to say, come back come back to who we are in Christ and our identity in Christ. 
He also wanted to remind the Christians, the followers of Christ, that this message is for everyone. No one is to be excluded. And so everyone we meet, everyone we know, this message is for them. And if we understand that, then we will understand more fully what it means to be co-heirs with Christ. So if you look back a little bit and you're reading from verse 11, we're told that for those who believe in Christ, the spirit of him who raised Christ from the dead is living in you. That's hugely encouraging. The spirit of Christ is living in you. And as we turn away from a life that has been without God or a concern for his ways, we are changed and we become led, as it says in verse 13, by the Spirit of God as sons and daughters of God. It goes on to say we didn't receive a spirit that would make us slaves again to fear, but we have received a spirit of sonship. And that's describing that same spiritual relational connection that Jesus has as the Son of God with God. He's enjoying that now. And we get to enjoy it too. And it's that spirit that can cry, Abba, Father, that really intimate, close connection of father and child. And the spirit himself testifies with our spirit that we are God's children. And then it goes on to say, and if we are children, then we understand that we're heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. And then there's this, this section that says, if indeed we share in the sufferings, in order that we may share in his glory. And I wanted to comment just really briefly, because I think there's been a lot of questioning about what does it mean to suffer with Christ. And how do we perceive that suffering? Often it's reflected on us being persecuted in some way, or having our freedoms removed in some way. But I would simply like to say to you this morning that I don't believe that suffering and sharing in the suffering of Christ looks like using social media as a megaphone for extreme polarizing views or on the current pandemic. I think instead it looks like a heart to serve the world where we would be willing to give up our perceived entitlements and privileges to actually find a place to be and sit and listen to those who are the hurting in our world. That is what it means to suffer with Christ today. Our focus today is what it means to be a co-heir with Christ. And I wanted to ask you this question, have you ever received an inheritance? Um, I have. When my mum passed away, there's just my sister and I, and my dad had already um, gone to heaven a few years earlier. And so really, my mum and dad had thought very carefully in their will, they just divided everything, split it in half. Great. That made it pretty easy. Um, I have to say, that's not been my experiences. I've worked with other people who have done that messy journey with families around inheritance and the arguments that can go on and so forth. Um, and that might be your experience. But ours was, a, was fairly straightforward until it came down to a jewellery box that my mum had. And we opened it up 
and within that box was uh, it hadn't been willed in a particular direction and we had a decision to make about how we would share out the jewellery that was in that box. A lot of it was sentimental rather than financially valuable, but we decided to do it in love, and it became a testimony of love, I think, that we sat and we shared the stories that we remembered of our mum wearing different things or what they had meant to us, and actually we chose to gift each other jewels from that box so that they would be precious to us. And at the end, it, instead of being something that was... Um, hurtful, it was filled with love. And it's, it's wonderful to remember that together, the way that we managed that and navigated that space. But at the end, still, even with that inheritance, the jewellery box was empty, open and empty. And the things had been divided up. And I think sometimes we think of it that way as family of God, that our inheritance is sort of divided up and at some point it's all gone. And that's where we misunderstand God. God is not finite. He is not ever empty. His resources for us are like this heavenly storehouse that's always open to us, all of us, all the time. And some of us feel that it's something we have to wait for until we die and we're in heaven and that's our inheritance. But what happened when Jesus Christ died and the reason why Paul says you need to understand your inheritance starts now that Christ died for this. He died so that the kingdom of God could be inaugurated on earth through you, giving you the inheritance of heaven. So what does that mean for us? How do we grab hold of all the gifts that are spoken about the way that we could live as co-heirs. How do we kind of get our minds around this infinite privilege we have and the wonderful inheritance we have? And any analogy is flawed, but there's a couple that I thought might be helpful this morning. So one is that we get to join the family business. So in lots of families where there's been a family business, that's part of the inheritance. You inherit the family business. And in the time of the Bible, that was very real and understood. The things of the family business of God and the gifts that we have, the inheritance we have in Christ to share, look slightly different to material things. They look like this. An inheritance of mercy and grace, forgiveness and love. The gifts of the Spirit, the ability to stand against darkness in prayer. The ability to listen and partner with God on earth. Like Jesus, we can only do what we see the Father doing. That's what he said and was recorded in John 5.19. The family business looks like people who would provide a spiritual hospital, a spiritual army and a home of the living God for other people to discover him. A people of welcome, a people who are willing to talk to others about their faith and what they've discovered of Jesus Christ. And to share this inheritance that's never ending, that only ever multiplies if you share it. So some of the analogies that the Bible gives, I think are really good around what this family business is about. 
and in 1 Peter it's described as being a priesthood. It says in 1 Peter 2.5, you yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. A chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, people for God's possession, not our own, that you may proclaim you and I could talk about how excellent our Lord is. We've been called out of darkness and into a wonderful light. So you see, even now, we are called to remember that we're this family of God, that we've been chosen to serve other people, that we get to show and tell the gospel wherever we are, this incredible good news. In Ephesians 5, 1 to 3, it says this, Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved. He has loved us and he gave himself up for us. And that is like a fragrant offering. It's a fragrant offering to God. We can also think of ourselves as ambassadors. And I don't know if you've... uh, ever met anyone who has a sort of ambassadorial role, whether it's with a not-for-profit organisation or whether it's actually representing a country. I've had the privilege of meeting a few in my life, and the thing that's outstanding to me is they talk less about themselves and more about what really excites them, which is what they're representing. So we get to be ambassadors for Christ It says in 2 Corinthians 5.20, God making his appeal through us. On behalf of Christ, we get to tell other people that they can be reconciled to God. What a beautiful gift. What an incredible opportunity. What a wonderful inheritance we have that we could help other people find peace. Peace with God, peace with themselves and peace with others. So our inheritance isn't something that we hold on to, that we wear or adorn ourselves with. It's not something that ever runs out. It's something that we go to God for in prayer and receive new every day as a blessing. And at the same time, it's important to understand that our confidence doesn't come from our own strength our own ability to describe things well or even talk about Jesus with eloquent language. It comes from him, and that's really clear. Jesus chose these wonderful people to follow after him and to be disciples, people who were incredibly flawed, and yet he chose them, and he chooses us, incredibly flawed people, as we follow him. And as he said to his disciples, if you want to read in Matthew 28 in the Great Commission, he would, I believe this is what Jesus is saying to you today. A great reminder of who you are in Christ, the co-heir you are with Jesus. All authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me, Jesus said. Therefore go. You go and make other people who will be followers in all the nations, 
baptize them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit and teach them to obey everything I've told you. And surely I'm with you. I'm with you always to the very end of the age. And that truly is the core of our inheritance, isn't it? That Jesus Christ is with us and we are with him. And my humble opinion is it doesn't get any better than that. What else would you want? And the wonderful thing about this inheritance is that nothing restricts it. Wherever you are right now, this is your inheritance. It will never become less. It will never become smaller. It will never run out. You'll never be restricted in a way that you can't live out this inheritance. God will give you new and creative ways to do it. The important thing is that we remember and we take the time to remember God. And we remember that we're a part of a family. That's why I think it's important that we connect in with... um, It's wonderful to listen to other fabulous talks, I agree, online, and they're inspiring. But there is definitely something that's truly wholesome about being with the family that you share your Christ life with as present brothers and sisters in your local community. And that's why it's important that we join in together in these times now. And Phil this morning is joining with Hornsby and tonight we're going to have a few people in our home at a home gathering to join in with the evening church. And it's, it's really important that we do that and we remember that we are brothers and sisters together in this little part of the big messy family of God and then we encourage each other, being, encouraging each other to find creative ways to remember that we have this inheritance that must be given away. And so I've been praying about that, and I asked the Lord, you know, in this time when I kind of feel like I'm not meeting new people very much, and how do I tell anyone about how you love them? How can I bring that to people? And I felt like God said to me, you know, there are people grieving in this time, and their grieving is very personal, but they don't feel like they can share it because the the pandemic grief feels too big and they feel like they can't share their personal grief with anyone. So I said to the Lord, well, I'd like to be that person. Could I partner with you in that? And so I started looking for that opportunity. I was in a shop. I was buying a gift for someone. I happened to be the only other person in the shop at the time. And the lady who was running the shop, who was attending there, started speaking to me about the pandemic because we do do that. We're not speaking about the weather so much, although it has snowed. We are talking about the pandemic as if that is the current weather forecast. It hasn't snowed in Sydney, but it has snowed near nearby in the mountains for overseas friends. Um, So anyway, I'm buying this gift for a friend. The lady starts speaking to me about the pandemic and then I just really felt I'm going to be bold and just say what I felt the Lord say to me. And I said, you know, it's really interesting because there is this pandemic and huge grief, but I do feel like we're missing walking with people who have a personal grief. And I want to be one of those people who would notice that. She stopped and looked away, and I thought, oh my gosh, I've said the wrong thing. I've done that. Okay, that was a bit much. But then she turned to me, and she said, that's, that's me. 
after we finished, after I finished here today, I'm travelling down the coast. My daughter's partner was killed in an accident. I haven't told anyone. And I don't know how we're going to grieve his death. I don't know what we're going to do. And so I felt like there wasn't a whole lot of words, but I was present with her in that time. And I felt like that was a moment when I could say to her, you know, I know God who loves you and will love you in that, even though you don't know how you're going to grieve right now. So she's not back yet, but I'm looking to see when she returns to that shop. And I want to go in and say hello to her again. So when we give ourselves to this inheritance, friends, we are given opportunities. As we remember Christ, as we ask and listen to how can we partner with you in this time and share this incredible inheritance that we have that's meant for everyone, then we get that opportunity to do that as he shows us the way. So now, friends, I want to pray and then we're going to have communion together. So I wonder if I'll give you one more moment to go and gather what you need for that. And um, the people who are with us here are also going to join us in communion. Let me pray. There is something really powerful about saying your name, Jesus. And firstly, we want to come this morning and say, we're sorry for the times that we've forgotten you. That in our weeks and in the moments we thought we were alone. We thought you'd forgotten us. And maybe we haven't always lifted your name up, Lord. And we're sorry. But you haven't forgotten us, Lord. And we won't forget you. So, Lord, we thank you that your Holy Spirit is so much bigger and you're ministering right now. I thank you that you're ministering to our hearts and spirits even now, Lord, to every need. The needs we wish we could share in person. And, Lord, we just ask that you would, in this absence with each other, that you would help our hearts become even fonder for each other to lift each other up in prayer to uphold each other as we know our needs and Lord I thank you that you died for us and the breaking of your body the pouring out of your blood your death and resurrection is what opened the way for us to have this incredible inheritance that we get to share with the world now. So Lord, fill us up, Lord, as we share in this communion together. Fill us up with your Holy Spirit. Help us to be your priesthood, your ambassadors, to be about the family business of mercy, love, forgiveness and joy. In Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I can see Tara and John here on the side and I thought they were coming up too. Now I'm crying, I'm not sure if you can see that, but we're family, so that's good. It is crying into um, the 
bread. <laughs> so, and it's, it's just, you know, it's not tears of, of despair because I know Christ is with us. It's, it's, it's just emotional, isn't it? When you partake deeply, you allow your spirit to connect. My tears just come because of that. So I know that we're connected in spirit and in truth and it doesn't matter doesn't matter where we are to worship. So Jesus took bread. He was at a meal with his friends and we're having this meal together now. So let's break bread, friends. And he said, take and eat. This is my body broken for you. And do this to remember me, is what he said. So remember Jesus now. Remember that his death and resurrection means that the darkness trembles that you have a great inheritance that you can give to others. Let's eat together, friends. And then he took the cup and he said, this is to help you remember that my blood was spilt for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. And again, he said, do this as you remember me. So Lord, in this simple act, we ask that we would always remember you. Gathered or scattered, your people, your inheritance. We are the joy that was set before you, you said. It's why you endured the cross. So help us live the kingdom life you intended us to now. In Jesus' name, amen.